There he is, Matt. Yes, sir. How are you? I'm good. How good? Now that we've gotten this all figured out, um, I wanted to just quickly say thanks for for coming on. I appreciate you spending some time out. Um, I know that you you stay fairly busy. You've got a uh, you've got two kids and a pretty much a new one, and you're running around uh, managing a gajillion different kids as well. Yes, sir. Um, yes, I. Uh... I don't know how I do it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a little bit of uh, caffeine helps uh, along the way. I'm, I'm consuming my Mornley 16-ounce uh, uh, coffee right now. So uh, I think coffee does goes a long way for us. Yeah, agreed. Any kind of caffeine. Just... <laughs> Anything. <laughs> uh, I agree. Um, so just real quick uh, for our listeners, um, a brief, uh, give me a brief intro on who Matt Holyoke is, uh, where Matt Holyoke is from, all the all the good stuff, real quick. Sure, sure, yeah. So a little bio on me, um, soccer guy, right? It's uh, all I've ever done. I grew up in England. I lived in uh, London for seventeen years. Um, played with a couple of professional clubs as a youth player and. Then came to the United States to do um, collegiate soccer uh, and be a collegiate athlete. When I got done, I uh, went back and I continued playing and, and kind of uh, fell out of the professional game and, and got into into coaching. Um, and obviously along the way, I've coached at a lot of different levels and sort of um, picked out the, uh, my own pathway within it. Um, I've just about to complete my UA for A license. I've got my NSCA Premier Diploma, um, and I'm now currently the Executive Director at Clay County Soccer Club. Um, we're, a, we're a non-for-profit youth organization that works out of two facilities. Both are around 25 acres uh, in size, um, and we have about 3,000 kids that play at our club. And really, we cater to every single level, level whether it be sort of your recreational grassroots type player that's just doing it for fun, um, all the way through to sort of your elite level athletes that are either you know, looking to play professionally or collegiate and for some of the, the few um, fortunate and very working that, that, you know, they're able to make national teams. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. The, and we're going to just touch base on the, the, the national team. There's a lot of really good players coming out of Clay County, um, specifically out of Clay County Soccer Club. Um, I don't find it very often where, you know, I think there was – is it five Southeast regional um, players and four of them are coming out of Clay County. Right. So there's that's, that's that stat alone um, speaks volumes to what Clay County has been able to do. Um, So I, yeah, it's, it's huge. Um, I also want, yeah, I mean, we've been on, on both sides uh, of the spectrum, obviously, with, with the girls' soccer. Um, you know, just recently, like you saw, we have five players that are, you know, selected for the All-Southeast team. We have one uh, young lady that's playing um, for the national team at this point, um, and she was an All-American. We have Morgan Bryan, who just won a World Cup, um, you know. And, you know, on the guys' side, we're, we're doing it as, as well, but not maybe as... Um, on such a high level, right? Um, you know, we, we have the Florida Gatorade Player of the Year um, playing out of our club. And, 
the one thing that we're consistently doing, um, you know, outside of putting players on this, you know, huge pedestal with, you know, the national teams and the all Southeast selections and whatnot, but we're, we're putting players in college, you know, we're helping players achieve their goals and continue playing at the next level. And that's for me, you know, our main goal. I, I would say that you and I have a lot of similarities when it comes to developing the youth, the youth in general. So we've, you know, long-term athletic development is an absolute um, in, in what I do, but I, it's, it's misunderstood in the States. It's obviously not very used um, in, in a lot of different training regimens in the States than it is outside of the States, you know, in, in Canada in England and Europe and in pretty much everywhere else around the world they have a long-term athletic development scale. And when you're talking about putting kids in college and having them continue their, their athletic career, your, your, your focus is not on the wins and the losses. Like mine is not necessarily on, did I add, you know, 15, 20 pounds to your bench or your squat in 30 days, but how well are you moving? I I think the same thing applies. So uh, yeah, Uh, absolutely. And, from my perspective, um, you know, kids these days are, uh, they're pushed so hard, right? Um, you know, the, the expectation if, if, and the perception is, hey, you need to train as hard as you can four nights a week for as long as you can over the next five years. And, and then maybe you can play collegiate soccer. And what tends to happen, you know, obviously from my perspective, what I'm seeing is kids just getting driven into the ground um, and no time is taken out of their schedule to, to be proactive, to do prehab and to, to, to work on recovery. Um, and, and for me, that's a huge deficit. It's almost like this culture where more is always better. And, and frankly, that, that isn't the case. And, you know, just recently, I mean, we're seeing injuries of players or two players where, where, you know, their schedule hasn't been managed appropriately. Right. And, and for me that a lot of that's out of our control, right. When a kid decides that, Hey, I'm going to go, and work out three times a week in my own time on top of what I'm doing. We, we, we don't know they're doing that. If, if a kid decides that, you know, Hey, I'm going to play high school soccer and club soccer and I'm going to fit as much as I can in, you know, we, we're unaware of what they're doing in training on a daily basis. And, and of course there are probably 15 or 20 different examples of us being unaware of a, the complete picture of a kid's schedule. And as such, we're seeing injuries, um, they're just becoming more and more prevalent. And some of these injuries, it's getting to the point that you're seeing players are out for six, eight months trying to nurse something as simple as a hamstring or a hip flexor. Yeah, injury, absolutely. You know? And you touched base on the athlete's time management. And you touched base on adding in recovery and adding in, um, you know, a little bit of that downtime or just doing something other than and training five times a week, you know, for four hours. Um, what drove you to have an SAQ model at, at clay and, and for full disclosure, for everybody listening, um, Matt and I work, we work together on and developing SAQ um, protocols for all of their athletes. Um, and I'm drove in, I, I just, I'm a really attached to clay County soccer club, even with my own previous, um, playing years there. Um, but I've, I've reached out to every single club in probably 
Orlando, for those of you that don't know that we are in Florida, Orlando and up. And you were the first one to say, yes, this is something that needs to happen. What drove you to have an SAQ model? Well, that's a really good question. And and I'm going to preface it by saying that um, it's a very saturated segment of the market, right? Um, we get, as an organization, we get calls on a daily basis from different organizations saying, hey, we want to come in and make your players bigger, faster, stronger, right? Um, and, and obviously, from my perspective, of course, you know, we need to make sure we're prepping our players for that jump to the collegiate level. Because for me, the jump from college uh, or from club to college is, is bigger than the jump from, from uh, college to pro, right? So we need to ensure that players are ready for the demands of the collegiate game. But on top of that, you know, I, I felt like what every other organization was saying is we're going to make them bigger, faster, stronger. And, and from my perspective, it's like that's not always a good thing, particularly in, in the realm of soccer, right, in that – being bigger, faster, stronger doesn't necessarily make you better, right? Uh, you look at the best players in the world and they're not bigger, no. faster, stronger. <laughs> Some of the best players in the world, of course, they're agile. But if you, if you talk about, you know, the top 10, I would imagine that three or four of them, you know, below five, five, seven, five, eight, right? So, so for me, a big, big element to it was I want my... Right, they have... Schedule being so, um, and the expert. Matt, yourself. Um, Matt, hey, managing I'm, the, I'm sorry, I'm, coaches, I'm starting incredible. to lose you coming in and out a little bit. Um, as far as the college demands go, pick off where you, where you kind of left off on the college demands. Sure, sure. So I'm not sure where, where I got cut off and, and I'm sat in my office and I have no reception, so I apologize. But um, no, from a, from a college perspective, I was saying that in my opinion, the jump from club to college in many respects is more difficult than the jump Agreed. from college to pro. So, of course, we have um, we want to prepare our athletes for those demands. Right. And that is to a certain extent, you do have to be a little bit stronger. You do have to be a little bit quicker, right? But for me, like I was, and I'm not sure if you guys picked up on this before, when you look at the best players in the world, they're not all big, fast, and strong. So for me, it was a big thing was making sure that our players are healthy. And in in all of the different conversations I've had with sports performance guys and girls, for that matter, not one of them has said, "Hey, we're going to make sure that your athletes are, they stay healthy, and we're going to deal with some of the small things, whether it be ACL." Um, uh, ACL work to, to, to reduce uh, injuries in that area, whether it be you know, strengthening the core to ensure that we're not picking up any collateral damage. So all these small things were really important to me. And, and frankly, you know, there's not many people in, in the industry that are willing to focus on those. And you go and see your average sports performance director and <laughs> right. they're they like, how know much the can numbers. you bench? What can you squat? How high <laughs> Yeah, and for me, there's so many intangible things that are really important. And of course, you know, in working with yourself um, over the past couple of years, we've been able to fine-tune 
what really works in our marketplace and what's really gaining uh, the best results, whether it be injury prevention or, or setting players to the next level. And I'll tell you that just recently we sent um, a young man to, he actually ended up having to go six months early, graduated early to go to college to play in one of the top programs, if not the best program in Florida. Uh, he went in and from a fitness testing perspective, he was top of the group as a 17-year-old, right? And and he was able to quickly deal with that, that schedule. So for us, that's important, right? That's a benchmark. Um, and we look at Absolutely. that and we need to do that with every we're pushing on, um, you know? And, and obviously, having having those players, right? I'm not going to say at the disposal, but you've developed those players. Those players have been around for three, four years. Some have been around for, for two years and they're just, some of them are a little bit more gifted than others. But what has SAQ in your perspective done that it's improved the player? <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I don't even know where to start. So, so we, uh, just so that all the listeners understand that we, we don't, we haven't just implemented SAQ at the under 17 through 19 level where players are getting ready to go to college and we're kind of cramming. It's like trying to get, get ready for a test at the last minute. We haven't done that. Our, our, in the, the spectrum of our players are all doing some sort of SAQ, even down to like our little five and six-year-olds. Whether And it's all, you know, it's, it's, it's movement patterns and maybe it's not on a ladder, but our five and six-year-olds are doing movements that, that's going to, you know, help them grow as athletes and as, as human beings. But um, I guess where I'm going with it is when players get to that 12 and 13-year-old mark, we're able to do things with them to ensure that, that they're, they're reaching their full athletic potential. Um, and, and that is, it comes in a couple of different spectrums, right? The first is they're not getting injured, right? They're not picking up frequent, small and and nagging injuries that stick with them. They're healthy for the most part. Um, and that allows them to continue to train at, at the highest level, right? And, and if you do the math, if they're able to continue to train at the highest level over a sustained period of time, and you compare that to a player that's unable to um, do so, those are meaningful hours on the ball. That absolutely. Against, absolutely. That a lot of other players are not, right? And then you talk about the college to, or the club to college transition, uh, you know, having done three years of SAQ work and having done a lot of these benchmark type tests and having kind of gone through the process from an athletic development perspective outside of soccer, these kids are going to college <laughs> yeah. and frankly, they're kicking butt, you know, um, and, and that's because they've been doing it for so long. And what, what I see a lot of is, and I'm not picking on other clubs, but what you see I mean, maybe I'm picking on other clubs, other clubs, other sports. I see what I call cramming and it's like, oh, we're going to college this summer. All right, let's come out and let's get on the track and let's make sure we can finish our Cooper in time. Let's make sure we can finish our beep, our Man United test. So three months before showing up to college, yeah. we have beaten these players up to get them ready for the level. Whereas with our kids, you know, when they step on the field as an under 19, which is their senior year, we're confident they can already do it. So you compare our kid going to college to another kid from another environment going to college, we're rested. Our players are rested and they're bringing fresh and excited, whereas the other players have been doing three months of fitness to get ready for it. 
So, you know, it, there are so many different levels and layers to it, but it's, yeah, yeah. it's not a sprint. You know, if you want to put it in layman's terms, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. It's, and, yeah, uh, absolutely. We've um, been buying into it for a while. What would be the biggest takeaway? Um, and I think this is probably even more of a, of a personal question for me is, what is the biggest takeaway that I've been able to, or even just what we've been able to do to contribute to the club um, as far as maybe buy-in or as far as um, injury prevention or strength, what, what do you say, I guess, let me, what are the strengths and then what are the, uh, I'll even throw in the weaknesses um, to that question as well. Sure. So I, I always go on this. So we have a very special culture in our organization and, um, and I've always been a big believer in uh, the statement that is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. And what I mean by that is players don't want a transaction these days. They don't want to, Hey, come to do your SAQ. We're going to do it for 45 minutes. Okay, now leave, get out, you're done, go to your next session. We developed, obviously, with Ground Force, a culture whereby you come to your SAQ training or your strength training or whatever the periodization dictates it is that week. And players feel free to ask questions and they feel free to open up. And it might be, and I've witnessed this, it might be a case of um, a player saying, hey, Coach Walsh, you know, I'm a little bit tight in my hamstring. Um, and, and then obviously, uh, from an SAQ perspective or whatever we're doing perspective, we then start to cater what we're doing to that individual player, right? It might be a case of, Hey, coach Walsh, I have a question about, you know, what I'm supposed to be eating. Right. Um, and then obviously uh, you, you have an understanding and you have a background in nutrition, so we're making those recommendations as well. So what we've done is we've created a very holistic environment that players, players are coming because they genuinely believe that them being there and taking knowledge in from, from you and your staff is making them better, right? It's, make it, it's, it's, it's improving their game. And, and they've been able to see the, the rewards from that, right? And Because they, they've been doing it for so long, they've seen the rewards. Now, that's a huge takeaway from me. Because what you'll find is as an organization, and we used to be that way, this way back in the day when it was a transaction, we would hire an SAQ guy, they'll come in, run it and leave. Um, yeah. that, that's <laughs> what will end up happening is players will not show up. You'll be playing for it. You'll be paying money to do SAQ for four kids. Whereas when you look at our sessions, we, we, we're having 20 plus kids every single time because they enjoy it. They see the benefits of it and they feel like it's personalized to them, you know? Um, so that's for me the takeaway. Yeah, I can hear you now. You started to, you started to pull away, but I can hear you now. Okay, awesome. So yeah, for me, that's the biggest takeaway, and and that was um, yeah. well, I definitely that's huge. For us. That's but that's kind of what we what we've designed and built our culture around is we don't want to be the, the cookie cutter type of program. We, we've really tried to hone in on each individual organization that we work with and tailor it to their philosophy, tailor it to their needs. 
And for me, being a former player myself, is I want to build a relationship with these boys, girls, for them to understand that uh, that there is care involved. Because obviously, kids are very quick today. They have a they have no filter. Like they they're going to see through whatever stuff that you're throwing out there. And if it's real, they'll buy into it. And if it's not, or if they feel that it's it's not as genuine then they're not going to be, I guess, as, as active in, in the program. They'll just kind of wing it just because they have to, or, um, you know, and again, they may end up skipping uh, those sessions and, and that's everything that I want to avoid. So I, I highly appreciate that. Um, last question if, uh, if for you, what is the biggest, um, what is if, if you had a question for me, we'll, we'll reverse the role. If you had a question for me, what is that question? We're, we're flipping roles, so we'll just do a, a reverse Q&A for our last segment. Go on, let's do that. And this is something that I've battled with a lot um, as, a, as, as a coaching director that's kind of overseeing everything. I believe that a lot of success will come in pockets. So you'll find the right recipe with uh, a group of players or an age group or maybe even uh, back-to-back age groups. And certainly, I would argue that you found your niche and and your success. Um, The hardest part for me is how do you replicate that? How do you ensure that every group that comes through your programming gets the the, the Coach Walsh experience uh, without necessarily being there because you no, can't divide yourself yeah, into I think five. That's, you know? I think that, one, that's a, it's a fantastic question. And it's, it's something that I've personally struggled with over the probably the past two years um, when I'm looking for an additional coach to come on to ground force. Um, I'm, I'm obviously very picky, um, but I'm also – very open to that idea that as long as they can bring the same effort and the same intensity or even just the same um, communication that I can bring, then I think that it, the sports stuff moves out of the way. They, they obviously they're going to know what to do with the youth athlete because they're educated in that background. So for me, it's, for me, it's almost replicating myself through management and through training or shadowing. Um, it's, it's a process. It's, and, and obviously you've seen this where there hasn't been another coach out at Clay County for two years, right? There hasn't been another SAQ coach out there um, shadowing me on every step of the way, but there has been shadows outside of that where I'm taking coaches and I'm developing them, but it's been a process, right? It's been, it's been the, that long-term development of, of a player. Now it's a long-term development of a, of a, of a coach or a staff. So it's almost like that, that internship where you, where they feel, you know, bought in, but if they don't work, then they, you know, I congratulate them and move them on. But if they've, if they've gotten to the point where, they really understand what we're trying to to do. 
um, then it's something that I'm that I always sit there and, and, and it's worth looking at. That's a fantastic question. Yeah. And that's the key, right? And that's that's the battle that we face every day and I'm sure every um you know, youth sports organization, whether it be soccer or whatever, it, uh, it's oversight and management across the board to ensure that there are standards in place. You know? And I use the word standards yeah. as opposed to rules. <laughs> right, right. You know, because the many people that follow rules um, and just do what it takes to get by, but a standard, um, you know, kind of sets, it's, that's what sets you guys apart and, I believe and that's I think what that's what makes it a good well. marriage. Honestly, it's we both have very high levels of of standard um, on both, you know, personal and professional sides. So I it's it's always been one of those things where it's been it's it's fun and it's it's it never really feels like work. It, it, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Um, and I think that we we both kind of obviously meetings and, and other things that kind of go along with it. Those are the, those are the things that we, that we really don't care for. But when we get into the coaching aspect of it and we move around with the kids and we're planning, uh, you know, their workouts or we're planning their, their, their training sessions, that's the fun part. And then seeing it executed, that's being out there on the field is fun as well. Absolutely. Yeah, there are days that it does feel like work, but yeah, right, exactly. Well, listen, Matt, I don't want to hold you up any longer. I, I really do appreciate your time. Um, and if there's another soccer coach out there that, that wants to, to that hears this, that wants to learn from what you have going on, where's what is the best contact um, and, and information that they can uh, reach out to you at? Sure. So I try to put a lot of stuff out there on Twitter. Um, so my handle is at Matt Hollyoke. Um, but if you want to send me a, a direct message or, um, you know, talk to me in person, all of my information is on the Clay County Soccer website, which is www.claycountysoccer.com. Matt, I appreciate your time and we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Speak to you guys later. Thanks for having me.